Hello, good morning. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. You know, it's interesting. I, 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 I look at the reporting, of course. You know, you, you just hit, hit the headlines and read the whatever, some kind of editorial about the market or an article about the market. It was fascinating because the Wall Street Journal, uh, Jason Zwieg, Zwieg I, I don't know how to say his last name, He's been around for ages and comments about market, the markets. Okay. I must be a pretty good writer because he's certainly not a very good predictor. (laughs) He just, he just is never right. But it is, it is interesting to kind of see it when somebody writes something a day before something happens. And it goes to show us all, not picking on him how fallible we all are when it comes to predictions. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the second hour. I, I know I have been recently, and I just I guess it's kind of on my mind as this idea that we have to keep predicting things when, when we don't. We, we don't have to predict what's going to happen in the economy, interest rates, anything, in order to get the market right, get our finances correct. We just we don't have to do that. And, and, and so... It seems like an amazingly weird exercise that we have. But anyway, back to, back to that. He's talking about how bad the market is after being so good. So the things that were really, 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 really off to a terror of a start. And I, I mean, there, there really were stocks, groups of stocks that were up 15, 18% in two weeks. Okay. I mean, the new year really just started, right? So, that's an amazing jump. And those were the ones that really got crushed. But instead of saying it's stuff like, you know, tax loss selling is done, people just finally thought they, these stocks were just cheap enough and went on. But there was some goofy stuff, too. I totally hats off to him for pointing it out. Goofy, goofy stuff. Best Buy. Well, not Best Buy. Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> Coming, we're going out of business. Oh, hurry! The stock goes doubles or something in two weeks. It was insane, just absolutely insane. We're going to go bankrupt, so the stock goes up. What? That doesn't make any sense. So it turns into a meme stock, and does that mean the meme stocks are back? I, ah, uh, gosh, I hope not. I thought that enough capital was destroyed in GameStop, AMC, that this nonsense, you know, SPACs. Bitcoin, um, you just go on and on. What, what what didn't get killed that's in this realm of raw speculation last year? All of them did. There was, you know, trillions of dollars wiped out collectively in all of these things. It's just uh, uh, insane amounts of money. And I think it's, you know, over for those that got free checks from the government, threw them into their Robin Hood account, and traded stocks and got wiped out in the end. I, I, I think it's done, <clears throat> but not totally, apparently. Not totally at all. Well, anyway, so the article goes on to talk about how these stocks have been crushed in the first three days of the week, which is really Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because Monday was a holiday. And so obviously he wrote the article sometime Thursday night, 
even though it appeared in today's paper. Because the very stocks that we that he talked about being laughable took off on Friday. I mean, took off. After a bruising couple of days, the NASDAQ actually finished the week up. It finished the week up. So the third week in a row and is now up over 6% since the beginning of the year. It's amazing how we, we jump on these trends of a couple of days. Like the market's down, so that's it. That's the trend now, the new trend. So the whole market, and then it's like, oops, I wish I hadn't put that article out yet because here we go back. It's what markets do. We don't have long-term where it just goes all in one direction, up or down. It changes periodically, and, and not for any real reason. Not because suddenly the Federal Reserve is being kind. They're really behind the scenes whispering around stopping and maybe even lowering rates later in the year. No, they're not. It isn't a big fundamental shift that the market just suddenly starts the beginning of this year great. Was the were retail sales good? No, they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. Existing homes are now on their tenth month in a row of drops in sales. By the way, that's the longest ever streak. Pretty amazing. Oh, and if we want for good measure, let's toss in manufacturing. So is it because the economy is doing well? No. Is it because the inflation numbers are doing well? No, it's not. It's just that sometimes stocks get too cheap. Since the long-term returns of stocks is so good, people sometimes just buy. And they weren't supposed to buy. They had, they're supposed to lean into value, Right. The value stocks, those are the ones everybody knows and all the predictions on Wall Street. We all know that's what you're supposed to do. God, it's slam dunk. Because in this stage of the cycle or that stage in the cycle, and as we look at history of this or that, and we look at P.E. ratios upside down and, and throw pie at it, and then we realize, oh, okay, so that's why you got to go this way or that way. I mean, whatever it is, they data mine to make their point. And remember, Wall Street parrots each other. We're all in this together to keep our jobs. Okay, got it. Okay. So everybody, are we on consensus? Somewhere around 6 to 8% is what the S&P will do next year. Yeah, okay, good. We'll all talk about that. And that P.E. ratios will expand or contract by how much? Okay, we'll all say that. And corporate profits will be where? In what range? Because we got to sound the same because then we none of us is wrong enough to lose our job. Perfect. Perfect. So we do that. And we're all in this together. And so all of us, all we know is that the big cap stocks represented by the NASDAQ are, in fact, dead. They're not going to grow again. They're way too big. Their P.E. ratio is too high. They're under attack from everywhere, as if this is all brand new news, right? Same story. So we enter into this year knowing value stocks are going to do well, which, of course, the first three weeks of the year, they have been hit hard, particularly the industrial companies, which were, of course, had a free run into the future. 
And what actually did really, 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 really good the first three weeks is, of course, tech. And the worse the tech, the higher the P.E. ratios, the better they did. In other words, to completely contrary to what all the experts said was going to happen. Now, it's not a whole year. It's just three weeks. But the moves are astounding and totally, if you will, in the face of everything that Wall Street said was certain to occur in 23. Totally in the face of it. That's the value of the geniuses of Wall Street. But I'm going to tell you and talk about it some more in the second hour. It doesn't matter. You don't have to know the future to do great in the market. All right. Right now, i got to take a break. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. That is our number. You know, uh, as I said, the, the news this week was terrible. I mean, economically terrible. Well, but that's because the Federal Reserve is looking for bad news to slow down, so that could be good news in the market. True story. All that could be true. But is it really always just the Fed? It's not, and it just it just is not. And that's all the fixation is, because you see, if we can focus on one thing as the driver, it makes our, our life super easy. Number one, you can just say, just sound like everybody else. It's, it's easy. So, yeah, we, I mean, the Fed uh, took this, data, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? And prices went da-da-da-da-da. And you sound like you know what you're talking about. You don't have to be thoughtful, reflective. You go, I don't know. I don't know why the market went sideways. I just don't know why. Doesn't seem to be any reason. Is the only honest answer. Most all of the time. We do have events. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like there, there can be an event. Like the Federal Reserve surprised everybody and didn't raise by a quarter of a point. They stayed unchanged. That would be a surprise. Okay? And the market would have some kind of an immediate reaction. Of course, we all would say, for sure, the market would go higher. Not necessarily. Because knowing what's going to happen, as we've talked over and over again, I will again in a little bit in the next hour, even if you know what is going to happen, you probably won't get what the market reaction would be correct. That is a tough one to believe. Because if I know corporate profits are going to be better than expected, then I know the market's going to go higher. No, you don't. No, you don't. Doesn't necessarily happen. If I knew, and you can basically fill in the blank of all these things, right, of all the stuff that's gone wrong over the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, write volumes of stuff that's wrong. If you knew all that stuff would happen, you not only wouldn't invest in stocks, wouldn't invest in anything, you probably wouldn't leave your bed. It's that frightening. And we just roll with it. And stocks have done very well. So have small businesses and the economy and everything else. 
We have bumps all the time. All the time. It's a perfectly normal, natural thing to occur over and over again all the days of our life. It will keep happening. And to be fixated on, oh, but this is wrong, that is wrong. And so we act like week to week. We kind of got to stay on top of these things to, to know when the economy is going to shift and turn because retail sales are better this month. Maybe that's the number. Maybe that's the thing we need. But you know what happens every single month? They revise the numbers for the last two months. And then they do it again, for example, at the end of the year when they try to true up everything. And then they do it again on a multi-year basis to try to really get the data right. And so we get one number. And we act like that's the end-all, be-all, that could be the turning point, all those things, instead of really focusing on what we can know and what we can control. Making predictions, even if you were right, doesn't get us the answer on what to invest in. It actually doesn't. Now, if you get something dramatic, like I said, Federal Reserve raising rates so many times this year that bonds are going to get crushed, period, end of story, because that's the reason that they move in price is interest rates. But for everything else, there's so many things out there, so many moving parts, always bouncing around. Many of those moving parts, you just can't get right, and they change the outcome. We'll be back after Fox News. Hello, welcome, and once again, thanks for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net is our email address if you prefer that. Yeah, I saw an interesting statistic. It's just a, you know, just a random draw on time. But if you'd invested for the 20-year period of 1960 through 1980, but you beat the market by five percentage points a year, okay? That's pretending. Nobody's done that, but just, you know, what if, right? You would have made less money than you had than you did when you invested from 1980 to, 19, to 2000, the next 20 years. If you'd underperformed, by 5% a year. That's an amazing number. And what does that mean, right? <laughs> it means when you invest, when you're born, is the way that this author puts it, is, a, is greater than or more important than almost everything else. And it makes you think about all of the comments are made all of the time and not that we shouldn't guard against uh, going the wrong direction, but how the end of the world is here and, 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 and all of those things that have gone on for the 40 years. I've been in this industry over 40. It's constant. It is constant. But it works. In spite of all the doom and gloom. And I think what we often miss, though, is how abundant the world is. It's like crazy abundant. It's crazy psycho. I get it, right? I mean, drug overdoses, young men are, are, are in crisis. I mean, it's just the, the, the list of 
unbelievable societal problems is seemingly insurmountable. But, 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 the opportunity has never been greater for economic success. Economic abundance like we've never had before for every corner of this planet. But most certainly centered here. Where it strikes me we complain more, we whine more, we're more certain about everything being crappy that we can't see clearly at all. At all. I mean, how is it that the poorest people in our society have cell phones? Big screen TVs with cable. Well, there's lots of crime. I know. These are unbelievable problems that the Looney Tunes on the left won't address at all. Or they address it with the exact same conclusions, and that's what the definition of insanity is, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's insane. I get it. But, but when we get caught in that thought process, instead of recognizing that the abundance is out there and the amazing things that are coming, it's just it's this trainload of stuff, stuff we haven't even heard much about yet, right? I was reading the other day about CRISPR technology, right? I mean, it's like, well, what's that? No, it's not Rice Krispies. CRISPR technology is gene therapy. It's gotten pretty inexpensive. Tiny fractions of the expense it was 10 years ago. Meaning it's available to us. Imagine fixing genetic problems in the womb or in you. Instead of having to deal with diabetes, say, and who knows what else is coming, they just change your genetic code. I know, it's dangerous. It's uh, ethically weird. As I get all that. But that is a big health breakthrough. Right? Visited Last night, with somebody who's retiring from a biotech firm you know, in a year or something like that, whatever, was talking about, excited. It was really cool. It was really cool to listen to him, right? It was excited about what they're doing for blood cancers in designing drugs and how well it worked in 75% of the people. That's a big number. You know, just blowing out their life expectancies. It was, it was incredible. Just last night. This is all around us. It's not just in science. It's everywhere. And we just miss it all the time when we just fixate and focus on. And so when I saw that, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, that is interesting. It's fascinating. It matters more when you're born. And we were born in the best time ever. Ever. By multiples magnitudes it's great but we talk too much we whine too much we complain too much 
perhaps we see too much argument, negativity, and just plain old bad news. Yeah, people are messed up. I get it. But the world is becoming more and more and more abundant all the time. And that is the bottom line driver and just about all we need to know when we're making predictions. Is the world growing? Is it not? Last year, the geniuses at the Federal Reserve, and I can pick on everybody, and the geniuses of Wall Street, I've talked about this last couple of weeks. So the geniuses of Wall Street, let's start there. At the beginning of 2022, we're predicting, are you ready? Drum roll, please. Approximately 6 to 8% returns on the S&P 500. Okay. Guess what they nailed? I mean, knocked it out of the park. The hardest thing to do, because then when you take the price-to-earnings ratio that you expect for the year and you multiply it by the amount of earnings per uh, of the S&P, the companies in the S&P 500, you get the precise number of where the market should be. So they actually did, for the first time, in, the best time in 40 years, got the number right on the earnings for the S&P 500. They nailed it. They got it within $1, within $1. That's, that's how good it was. And so did the market do right on what they thought at 6 or 8%? No. It went down 20. So they predicted the hardest part, the most important part, the fundamental part of the equation. And they missed it by 28%? Yeah. You see, you see, we, we spend so much time thinking about where interest rates are going to go. What's going to happen? So the Federal Reserve, who controls interest rates, came out last year and said, wow, you know, well, at least they, they, they know where interest rates are going to go. Do they? Since they control it, of course they do. So a year ago, the Federal Reserve was forecasting three... 25 basis points increases in the Fed funds. Three. For a total of 0.75%. What did they, who control interest rates, end up doing? The equivalent of 17, not three, 17 quarter of a point hikes. This is one year. It's the Federal Reserve can't predict their own interest rate increases even close. I mean, 0.75 versus 4.25 or 4.375? Are you kidding me? Wow, is that off. That's all right. I want to know what the Federal Reserve, I need to know. It's got to go in my equation. I've got to figure it out. I've got to be able to predict. What will the Fed do next year? They don't know. They'll tell you they're going to do this and predict that. And by some magnitude, sometimes planet wide apart magnitude, they get it wrong. And we come back again next year. Oh, what are they going to do? Shh. What are they going to do? 
okay, let's put that input in and put that one in. What do you think, Goldman Sachs? What do you think, J.P. Morgan? What do you think is going to happen? Tell me what is not going to happen. Go. Just tell me what you think, because that won't happen. And that's what's fascinating. It is fascinating. And it's like, well, well, what do we do? We don't have to worry about it. That's the cool thing, right? See, the Federal Reserve also is in the forecasting game of what the economy will do. Right. And we didn't get hit by a comet last year. We didn't, nothing extraordinary happened, right? Just like, I don't remember a depression, the Great Recession, the complete collapse of X, Y, or Z. As a matter of fact, we're still kind of like reopening and supply chains are being fixed. So the Federal Reserve expected to have real GDP growth of 4% last year. Pretty strong, good, good numbers, solid. And that inflation would be moderate at 2.6%. The PCE inflation is how they measure it, right? So how'd we do? Well, it looks like we wound up the year will be GDP about 0.5. Not even close. They predicted eight times the pace of, eight times. Not even close. Not even close. And of course, the PCE inflation is 5.6% double. What does the Fed do? Well, they're the brightest economists in the world. They're powerful and they're smart. They give speeches, go to luncheons, talk about interest rates. They can't get it right. Like ever. Really right. And sometimes by magnitudes that are atrocious. Like, why, why don't you even try? Are you hopelessly stupid? No, we cannot predict the future. We can't. All right, bottom line. Here's the point. We live in the greatest period of abundance in human history. It's not even close. Technology is exponential. What does exponential mean? It means it feeds on itself, and it just keeps doubling. The speed of things, the cost gets cut in half. And the technology improves by magnitudes, not incremental, leaping forward. And we're just starting on so many different technologies. Well, what about climate change? Technology will fix it. It will. It won't be politicians. It won't be Davos. Those idiots fly around in private jets. What a bunch of idiots. These people are just, it's just, it's like, wow. Lecture at me some more, will you? Mr. Hypocritical Man, please just yell at me more about how bad of a person I am, and then go, you know, fly off in your private jet. Incredible stuff. Really incredible. Pretty amazing. It won't be that. It'll be technology. I don't know what kind. Don't have to worry about it. I don't. I truly don't. And is climate change really going to not occur because humans aren't here? No. I... Pretty sure that, like, when dinosaurs were here, it was like 120 degrees every day. I mean, it was, it, 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 whatever. It was miserable hot. 
And I'm pretty sure I read something about a weird thing like an ice age. Maybe that was after the automobile was made, was made invented. I, I can't remember. So maybe none of that even matters. The world will cool and warm and whatever. It does what it does. With or without humans like it always did. All of those things that people like fuss and worry and fume about, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Because it steers us away from the reality of, of, of all the amazing things. People living longer, healthier, understanding our own bodies better. You know, talking to a friend the other day, he's like, ah, I've never stretched in my life. Now he's stretching and stuff. Why? Because everybody around him is. And they feel better. And, and you hit the golf ball further. All of those things. We're understanding things better. Science. Understanding. And it's growing by magnitudes. It's amazing. And yet we sit around and predict infinitesimal, ir irrelevant things. What's the market going to do next year? I don't know. It's the only honest answer there is. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that 100% of the time, when you buy, especially at a price break, a few years later, it's up a lot. I mean, like a really lot. Like it goes back to all-time highs, and you've bought it at a 20% plus discount. That's smart, even if it at one point goes down 25 or 30 or more. It's just smart to buy when prices are good. Or you can be clever by half, as the Brits say. You can outfox yourself. You can, ah, I think, mm, ugh, I don't know. I, should I pull the trigger now? I think the market might go down some more. It might. You're right. And then when it does, you're like, oh, God, yeah, I knew. But mm, I think it's going to be worse because the news is terrible. Da, da, da. And then it just, bye-bye. And you miss it again. Oh, well, that's okay. And it's not okay because you're sitting there as prices hit all-time highs. Happens all the time. We don't have to invest with high risk. There's actually alternatives in the bond market now. Money markets have risen to 4%. Things are changing. Things are changing. Opportunities change. But worrying about, you know, i got to guarantee this, and we're going to have this little hedgy thing over here and all that. It's just silly. It's a silly waste of time. We all know the market's this or that. No, we don't. <laughs> Nobody knows. Almost always the consensus is wrong about everything, all the time. All the time, wrong. And all the time, we're doing what? I got to see. I got to watch. I got to learn. I got to read. I got to know what so I can do what? Make silly predictions that won't be right. And then I'll make more silly predictions and more and more and more and more. All we can know is that 100% of the time in my life, my dad's life, my grandparents' lives, and so on, when prices go down 20%, back up the truck, happy days are coming. And you're really going to make a boatload of money. 100% of the time. And also, I just promise you this. You won't get the low trade. 
And as human nature promises time and time again, no matter what you do, you will be wrong and you will feel stupid. Don't let yourself do that. When you buy bargains, it's okay. Don't worry about the guy in the seat next to you on the airplane that he found a ticket for $5 less. What, how does that affect you? Other than it's a great injustice, and I can't believe it, and I want my money back. I'm getting off this plane right now. No, you're not. You're not. But it's how we feel because it's human nature. It's a great injustice that somebody got a better deal than I did. It's crazy, but it's true. You won't get the low price. Get over it. You're able to buy Amazon and Apple and Google and great companies way off their highs. Way off the highs when everybody, if you will, was high on them. They loved those companies and couldn't raise their earnings numbers and expectations fast enough. Now that they're down, and maybe, arguably, a pretty good bargain long term, nobody wants you to touch them. It'd be crazy to jump in there. But we got to fight that urge. That's human nature. All right, I'm way, way over. i got to take a quick break. Our number, 580-5436-580-KIDO. Love to hear from you. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and time to join us at 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. If you prefer email. You know, I love this old statistic that um, how you know, in the market. I mean, it's just fascinating because we, we all cherry pick certain times, like, and, and our, the way our human mind works, it's 10% means the market's going to be right around 10 in the year because it averages 10 over your lifetime. And it's weirdly almost never near 10. I mean, literally like 6% of the time is it anywhere between 8 and 12% for a one-year basis. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty widespread to have less than 10% of the time. About 6% of the time. Crazy. Crazy. It's just incredible. And so you can go long periods of time where the market does incredibly good and incredibly bad. Or we can measure, say, after we get a 20% fall and maybe we had a bear market a couple years before like we did. And then we go on back another few years and we still find... It's at 8.8, which is kind of what you would expect over a 10-year period, but not when all the stuff that we've had happen, and we, including two bear markets in that period. That's amazing, meaning the market is reflecting some pretty quick growth underneath, broken up. You know, some of it's pandemic and you know things like that, the interest rate rises, all those things. But the reality is, is underneath that, the economy is still growing generally speaking, by a lot, in order, in spite of those events, to drive us on up. Which is, again, unless you're predicting positive things to happen, it makes no sense, no sense at all, to predict doom and gloom. Because underneath all that are the only things we need to know. Is the world growing? Is it not? Huh. And even though over long periods, like, for example... During the 1970s, the Dow gained only 38 points. The whole decade. The whole decade. Only 38 points. Then, of course, it took off. 
So what do we look at? Like the 80s? Do you look at the 70s? No. We look at all of it. And the Dow doesn't tell the whole story, right? There's some companies that did really good. Some supplanted others and, and so on. It just It's a rolling creative destruction that goes on in these markets. And it's really a beautiful thing that allows us all to live better and better. We don't have to predict it. Just the general trajectory. Are things getting better or not? And we have to think differently so that we can be better about that too. We have to think different. We've got to think better. You can cherry pick different times. Well, gold outperformed stocks over this period of time. Yeah, but you know over your lifetime that's not true. You know over long periods of life of, of your life it's not true. It's just not true. The world's coming to an end. Okay. If that's what you confirm to believe, that's 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 who you are, and don't show me any facts otherwise, then you will see in everything what you're looking for. I promise. I guarantee you, you will find more and more and more data to back up the end of the world. It's true. Or we can take a step back and know that there are industries falling apart, that there are social issues that are just seem insurmountable. But generally speaking, the world is growing. That's what matters to this and this discussion. And hopefully what it does is it gives you lots and lots and lots of money so you can go and fight the good fight. And get our society back on track. Because, man, we are broken. We really are. It's not going to show up in the numbers of what you ought to invest in today. But it will. Over the decades. Just not now. And in no form does it appear to be now. A way to think about investing is, well, our society's good, our society's bad. No. Crime is high, crime is low. Doesn't matter. Nope. 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 Sorry. Mm -mm. Local economies, that matters. Not internationally, not nationally. All right, our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Fox News is next. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-KIDO is our number. Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. All right, I'm just trying to forward myself an email. I wanted to say uh, thank you uh, to Terry. It was an interesting article on currency and, and why we miss things in about well, the yuan is going to be coming up with a global currency. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. But people sell that stuff out there all the time. There's a company out there. I see it all the time because for whatever reason, you know, your computer, I don't know what it is, but they all know that I'm a heterosexual male um, that likes to play golf and is particularly enamored with finances, right? Whatever, right? It knows that. And so up pops all the time these articles, right? And and it's like Stansberry Research all the time. Just, and, and, you know, this billionaire claims that. This really super smart guru of investing, this former hedge fund manager, it's like, wow. You know, it... It's, it kind of reminds me all the time of the uh, of the the actor, and I can't. I really don't. William Devane, I think it might be, but you know, it's like he's there, and he's you know, in my safe, I have gold and silver. I'm like, you're an actor. 
why would I care what's in your safe? Oh, once you made a lot of money making computers, so that makes you uh, really good at making money on computers. Maybe not a genius on the markets. Maybe. But they're quoted. We're quoting all the time, right? Or the best ones I love is like, uh, you hear this on the radio all the time, a couple hours from now. It's like, Warren Buffett says the most important thing is not to lose. Okay. Is that really a Warren Buffett quote? I wonder if that's taken out of context. Hmm, I don't know. Since Warren Buffett always says his favorite holding time period is forever on his holdings. Anyway, we get these, and, and you pick up quotes. You, you, they tear them up into little pieces, and then they throw them out there, and they put these websites like Stansberry Research. And man, when you go there, if you go there, you're going to get fed more and more. It's going to get darker and deeper until you find your little hole of belief where they can, can really mirror the right pitch of products to you and run those ads nonstop. Oh, I'm above that. I'm just curious what the you know, old hedge fund billionaire guy thinks is the next doom and gloom thing or the Stock that's going to go up a hundredfold over the next decade. Really? Because it's that easy. All of those things, and we just get buried and buried and buried. Anyway, Terry, thank you. One of those good outlets is Zero Hedge, and I love the uh, stuff that you've sent from that. I don't read it except probably when it gets forwarded to me. But you're right. It's it's just he he is a very funny guy, and so uh, just a real clever dude. And Terry, thanks for the uh, forward. I really appreciate it. And when you see something interesting, all of you send it over. I'd be I I love looking at it. I'm probably not going to send any comments back. It just, but I, I love it if you just keep me in, uh, posted to it, okay? So thank you for doing that, Terry. I just really wanted to say that. It's, it's amazing how much stuff there is out there, how much really serious garbage is. You just can't imagine when we hear these things. It's just like you just cringe sometimes. It's like, well, I, 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 I hear this year we're going to have three blood moons, and that's going to be, what? A blood moon is this weird happenstance Okay, of three full moons, three double full moons or something in a month. Uh, What does that have to do with the market? Nothing. But if people are determined to think what they think, to, to data mine and see only what they want to see, they will. If you see the world ending, you'll find evidence of it, even in blood moons. You say, oh, that's some kind of weird exaggeration. No, it's actually not. It's not. It's not. You hear all kinds of things. Well, China and Russia are getting together to have a world currency. Really? And so you think the French are going to like that? And Britain and America, we're all going to come on board for that because those are two of the best actors in the world. I think they can be Putin and Xi together. Man, we have got to be trusting them to have the world currency. Wow. No, that's not it. Well, I read it on the Stansberry report because you went deep enough and then they started feeding you that nonsense. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of beating up on the the web pages. Let's go to the phones. 
Paul, thank you for holding and calling. Go ahead, please. I guess I'm going to need some headphones to hear you. <laughs> okay, let's try that. There we okay. go. Okay, can, can you hear me now? I sure can, yeah. I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all the, all the gang is meeting in Davos this last week, and you hear a lot about ESG today. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is it is it worth any worry, or is it just, you know, because some of the stuff I read about ESG, it's like, you know, it's about um, – Supply chain for companies, correct? Is one effect of it. Well, that's part now, of the S- what the SEC is talking about right now. That's the really dangerous one right now is the SEC, uh, which I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Uh, Davos is just a bunch of clowns, and they are. Uh, they're just billionaire clowns. Yeah. They're running off off to Davos and and spending literally millions of dollars. Everything there is expensive, and they have they're all night parties. But you know what? They're going to tell you that yeah. your little SUV is way killing the world. I'm out of here. I got to fly off. You know, we got we're going to go do a little polar look here and and see the sunrise over the pole in my private jet. I mean, it's just remarkable. Yeah, Yeah. it's remarkable. These people are now I I, when I say that that has nothing to do with it. They have become a a clown show. And I mean it. They really have. I know there's still world leaders that go there because there's other billionaires there. They can go play. They can go go off with their girlfriends and pretend that they're, they're all all about the world and come back. But Nothing is being done with anything they're talking about. So that's not the problem. The problem comes back to here in the United States with the SEC, which the SEC is supposed to watch out for the small investor, not drive climate policy. Believe it or not, that's what they're doing. And that's what you were talking about with the supply chain issues. That's not out of Davos. That's out of the SEC. Okay. Okay. Our own Securities and Exchange Commission wants to have... All of the major companies, and by their own admission, by the way, this is very, very difficult. All companies uh, with, I don't know, with, with the number of revenue. So they're midsize and larger companies. It's not going to affect the, the local plumbing company, okay? But it does. Right. Because guess what? Yeah. They because supply down, downstream. To the big ones. That's right. And so they have to come up with weird numbers on how many different uh, of these certain, I think it was like nine different gases that could be emitted from making a, me- a, a metal pipe. Why does that have right. anything to do with the SEC and protecting little investors? It literally has nothing to do with it. It's so far out of bounds. I cannot believe it's legal. This is not what's supposed to happen is that the SEC decides climate policy. They're supposed to be watching out for little investors, not deciding climate policy. It's weird, and this has nothing to do with it, but I, 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 I'm hopeful that Congress figures out ways through investigations to slow this nonsense down because the guy in charge of the SEC is a lunatic. He is a hell-bent lunatic to cha- make changes that have nothing to do with it and will, in fact, hurt investors. They really will. They're going to change trading, and it's going to get expensive again. People, instead of free trading, it's going to, you're going to have to start paying for it, uh, all in the name of helping the little investor. It's not true. It will hurt the little investor because they will have to start paying five or ten dollars per trade in the future if the if the SEC gets what they want to do. It, these are these are all as a set of rules. Nobody's ever acted like this at the SEC. It's very dangerous, and that's where ESG. Back to your original question: is the problem when people have yeah. this as their religion? They'll do anything. They'll change everything. It's not that they're oh well, they don't fight fair. There's lots of politicians, there are lots of crooks in the world. There's lots of people that don't fight fair. That's not the point. They're so far out of their purview, 
it ought to be illegal. If it's not, I'm, I'm shocked. But this is what they think they ought to be doing to you is how much this religion is in them. And this is, it's this ESG religion. So it's dangerous here. Right. Okay. That's, it's not Davos. Okay. But we got to watch this. Oh. We got to fight this. And, and I know companies are, yeah, I know they are. I agree with you. It's just horrifying. But this is this nonsense is like, oh, well, it'll be a better, cleaner world. No, it won't. It won't until we can make it a better, cleaner world. I, the Petso household gonna is going to be carbon neutral by 2050. I have absolutely nothing I can do. I don't know how to split an atom. I don't know how to make energy. I don't know how to do any of that. Oh, well, I planted two trees out there, so I make it carbon neutral. Grand. Yeah, sure you did. It's something else to say, just like we do down here, the Looney Tunes stuff we have on, on the outside of uh, the city hall, that we're going to be carbon neutral. No, you won't. No, you won't. It'll happen when it happens because of scientists not in the basement or not your will at City Hall. You look like a moron, and they are. It's just something that has to happen outside of this, not proclamations. And this ESG stuff is very dangerous at the SEC for investors. That's. I just hope that this does or, go away. I hope. Well, I do too. It's if the EU goes with it, which I heard they might, you know, and that would affect our our business dealings in Europe. Correct. It would. Right. Yep. Yep. So, it, so we got to we got to hope and pray that the EU doesn't do it either, that they get a little more sense. That too is correct. So. We we do have to because they will have to do some reporting there which then goes down further in the chain, but it also would make right. sure in, in the in the long run that Europe really cannot ever produce anything again. Uh, they already are like just dis- just dis- disintegrating, and they've done everything wrong for the last forty years. Become socialists, uh, climate change in- enthusiasts, all this stuff, and it's just wrecked their economies. And so they really don't create or innovate much at all in Europe anymore. I mean, almost nothing. And their yeah. industrial sector is 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 contracting. So I, I I guess that means that we don't have to worry about them as competitors in the future. Maybe that's not a bad thing if we can keep it yeah. off of our shores. Yeah. And then there's China. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're real ESG oriented. I heard they only built about a dozen. They were cutting back on the coal fire, the number of new coal fire plants that they're they're building each year. <laughs> they and India yeah. both. They're just really, really, really green. Do you know that as a statistic, this is unbelievable to me, but this is a remarkable statistic. That we in the United States, we have a lower carbon output than um, all of Europe does. Lower carbon. Yeah. It's just a stunning number. It's just stunning. Yeah. And yet, oh, well, we've got to be like them because they care a lot. No, they talk a lot. They don't yeah. do anything. They talk. Yeah. And in China I mean, and India, it's a horrendous problem, as we know. It is just really yeah. amazing. Anyway, i got to go, and I thank you, Paul, for uh, listening and your call today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. And our number is 580 580- KIDO. We got to take a quick break, our final break, and we'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, don't forget, you can certainly uh, check us out at petsofinancial.com. Articles, podcasts, and I forgot about this, but we, we do Zoom meetings and uh, turn those into YouTube. So check it out at our YouTube channel if you would like. Uh, subscribe, and you'll get a notification when we do a new one. So, uh, and, and we just did one Thursday. I don't think it's out yet, though. It usually takes them a couple of days to get that downloaded and get it on there. So, um, and, and actually pretty interesting. I think you'll find it interesting. If you found anything about today's program and the reason we don't have to predict interesting, 
that's what we talked about. Was just you just don't need to. You don't need to predict the future because it's a silly pursuit anyway. You will be wrong by magnitudes. It's just true. All right, our number is five eight zero K I D O. Let's go to Terry. Hello, Terry. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I, I heard you on the radio, and I got confused. Thought you'd forgot your passport and couldn't get on your jet to go to Davos or uh, something. What you know? I just I just ran out of time this year. It's <laughs> just just ran out of time. Yeah, oh. because it's really not that big a problem. I, I I get on my jet and just zip on over there, and you know I, I talk oh. about you know how everybody needs to get vaxxed and. And if we could just get everybody vaxxed and, you know. and Yeah, all this environmental stuff anyway, I heard long ago from a wise person that you have to make money before you can work on investing it in saving your environment. So, Well, it's true. You've got half the world. I mean, like China's going to do anything about it. Well, they use so much more carbon than we do. It's just and they're and they're using more all the time and they don't care. It's the world is the world. It isn't like we can put a barrier in China and keep all that bad pollution there and then only holes in the ozone go right over their country. It's absurd. But that's what we think. It's all America's fault, for crying out loud. Yeah, you have to have somewhat of a a higher GSA, or pardon me, a give-a-crap attitude. Yeah. To, you have to care a little bit before you start... Uh, Working on the good stuff. You do. You have to have. Well, you have to have the ability to, right? Right, the ability, and then along with the the will, willingness. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. anyway, that's what I had. I just wanted to ring ring your bell a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it, and thanks again for the article. You have a good rest of the day. Take care. You're welcome, sir. Take care. All right. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. A couple minutes left if, you, if somebody wants to ring in real quick here. Uh, if not, I understand. That's not, you know, it's, it's uh, everybody seems to be out doing stuff these days. I, it's just interesting to me how busy everybody is, even though it's supposed to be the dead time of year. Incredible. Just incredible. Including me and my sweet lady. It's just crazy. We just are busy all the time. And, and, and that's great. It's good. All right, I want to finish with this. It's not that we're trying to look at everything Pollyanna, like it's all good, because it's not. The world's upside down. I've been saying that for years. It's upside down. It's backwards. What's right is wrong. Wrong is right. Girls aren't girls, and boys aren't boys. I can be a rock today, a stump tomorrow, a chick the next day. I can decide I want to be a dude again. It's crazy. And so selfish. It's absurd. It's, it's like I require you to acknowledge today that I'm different than I was yesterday. I want to identify as something completely different. And that's on you for not caring and being sensitive to it. No, it's selfish. It's super selfish, and that's the way our society is. But as we pull away from that and think about the economy and the growth and the technology in this world, Let's quit fixating on what's wrong all the time. And not just fixate on what's right, but at least acknowledge it so that we have a clearer view of what's really going on out there and not be panicked and freaked out about normal occurrences. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. We'll talk to you next week.